<laughs> hey everyone. I wish that we caught, I mean, we edit the podcast obviously, but the beginning part is what you don't hear or see, which is us counting down. And every single time it makes me laugh. <laughs> Cause it's like the beginning of the it's, it's like a rolling picture, you know? Yeah. It's oh, a production. <laughs> Sorry. I forgot to say who it is. Hi, it's Shannon and Caitlin <laughs> with Get Checkered and Get Checkered is part of the Alberta Podcast Network, locally grown community supported. Today, we get to shout out a fellow podcast on our podcaster and podcast on our net, uh, that's on our network. <laughs> if you haven't already, go check out Don't Call Me a Guru by Linda Huang. You can learn more about social media and all the brilliant people that work in the space from her great podcast. Um, she's also a great human being. I've done some stuff with her from my startup, so great person all around. And for all the other podcasts on the Alberta Podcast Network, head to albertapodcastnetwork.com. Yeah. Very cool. That sounds good. Yeah. So Caitlin, how's life? How have things been? Okay. A week. Um, right? Yeah, what a what a week. <laughs> it's raining a lot today in Vancouver. Dreary okay. day. I did get um I was out on my bike a few times this week. Um, so that's nice. It's like, I don't know, am I getting weak? It's cold in Vancouver, but it's still like plus three degrees. You might be becoming a Vancouverite if um, uh, that's good since I'm cold (laughs) I do have and this is just going to be me on a rep for like two minutes or three minutes you guys but like I've spent the entire day trying to figure out like COVID requirements and travel because um like I said like on earlier podcasts I had COVID over New Year's yeah um and so I'm booked to go down to the states at the end of February um for my spring break I'm going to Palm Springs and like if COVID can stay in your system for 90 days I'm going to test positive on a PCR and I'm not going to be allowed on plane um or like even worse I somehow get the Palm Springs and then I test positive on the PCR test to come back into Canada and like what that would suck yeah and like also part of the problem is bc right now isn't doing pcr tests for free unless you're like working in a healthcare system yeah um so i have to pay 195 dollars to get a pcr test just to get it in the system so i can go to the airline and be like yeah i had like my positive test was like more than 14 days ago but i do not want to have to pay 195 (laughs) dollars and i'm like so what what do i what can i do (laughs) like Honest to God, I didn't even self-report when I got COVID because in Alberta, there's PCR like tests were way right? less there's a PCR test yeah. there too. So I just like, I didn't even test positive on the rapid antigen. I just knew that I had night sweats. I had the bad cough. I had a fever. And then four people from the same dinner party tested positive. So yes, okay, I had COVID. <laughs> I am not worried about that. I know the fact I had COVID, but it's not recorded anywhere. And now am I going to get like bit in the butt and have to pay $200 because of that? It's like, it's so <sighs> challenging right now, but that's exciting. That's crazy that you're thinking about, like you're planning, hopefully 99% going in February. Cause I literally texted my other girlfriends, um, Miranda and all of them asking, do y'all want to go to Palm Springs? Nice. Nice. <laughs> Not in February, but I was like, just sometime between April and June. I was like, maybe not June. Cause it's a little hot. Like we're trying to figure it out because I was like, I think Palm Springs is the play, you know, like a few us golf so it's a great place to golf there's also like hiking like there's stuff to do and it's like warm (laughs) yeah and it's warm so who are you going with 
What um, I mean, ideally, friend, if you can get on the plane, <laughs> who are you going? With? Get on the plane. I'm gonna go with my friend Jen Hayward. Um, oh, shout out okay. to Jen. So, like, it was supposed to just be like a fun week, and I'm just like so stressed out about it. So, like, I don't actually want to be stuck there for like 14 days because that's gonna be so expensive too. Right, we get screwed by the dollar too up here. So, <laughs> <laughs> the conversion rate is not great. It's so rough. I honestly like I've been on the phone with. So Alberta 811, um, and I wait for like an hour to talk to someone and they're like, yeah. oh, you're not physically in Alberta right now, even though you have your Alberta healthcare card, you can't call us, like we can't give you advice, you have to call BC HealthLink, and I'm like, <laughs> thanks for that, even though like I had COVID when I was in Alberta, but thank you, okay, so I tried the BC peoples and they're like, well, yeah, we're not doing PCR tests for travel, I'm like, so, oh, this is so painful and like the amount of people that have omicron yeah want to be traveling over spring break like can they get their shit together <laughs> <laughs> like figure out what we can do because there's really so many people or they're just going to make a shit ton of money which you know capitalism other problems it's capitalism for sure I mean, I hope they figure it out in time for you to tell me what to do for when. Right, right. <laughs> I uh, need to, <laughs> and hopefully, and hopefully, y'all, my, right now, like the beginning steps of a trip actually happen because I haven't been on an airplane in a very long time. I did travel during COVID. I did. I went to Vancouver though, and some of it was work-related. So I just wanted to go somewhere. Yeah. Anyway. You deserve it. It's been a few years, Shani. Yeah, exactly. But I guess like sort of speaking of work, um, I have a bit of a life update that's been kind of going on for like four months. But yes, share, share, <laughs> share. Um, I have exited my startup. So for those who don't know, I ran a startup for like three years, three-ish years called Bessie that worked in agriculture and in food. And I made the decision to leave in like November, but it wasn't public because we we're like, you know, crossing the T's, dotting the I's, like all that kind of stuff, um, making sure the right people know all that. Just it's way, it's way more work than, <laughs> than anyone thinks it is. So though my friends have known, my family's known and like coworkers and stuff, because obviously they have a new gig. Um, no one else has really known. So this is like the first place where I'm going to update it. And by the end of the week, if any of you have me on LinkedIn, which would be weird, um, it'll be updated <laughs> everywhere that, yeah. So it's exciting. exciting. Yeah. It's super exciting. Um, there's probably more stuff tied to Bessie coming up, but I just am not responsible for it. So, <laughs> um, I will be playing support if needed, but I don't think it will be, um, Right now, though, I'm doing something really cool. I work as an advisor at Platform, so helping founders and startups literally across the world um, just build really great companies. And I started consulting with another great e-commerce startup. So, yeah, it's a thing. It's a thing. And also, Caitlin, I didn't even tell you, but, like, your girl's a hot commodity. I've been offered a couple of jobs. Really? <laughs> yeah. Hey, yo. Very good. I'm like... Yeah, but I'm not taking anything too like intensive right now because some of them are at startups and some of them I'm just like, I need to chill. I need to be like anti-startup, you know, for like a couple months to a year and then we'll figure it out from there. Because we also know you guys, Shanika is literally setting for a GMAT too. So yeah, I'm trying, to, <laughs> I'm trying to go to grad school, y'all. <laughs> so 
um, it's very, it's, it's kind of difficult to be honest, to work like startup hours when you're also studying hours out of a day. So platform is like the right place right now. And I like the work that I'm doing. So it's good. It's good. Very good. And like you guys for the past three years, like we've seen Shanika literally like run off her feet with <laughs> Bessie. So it's nice that she's able to just like it, it ended successfully and it's really good to see you just come out the other side. So oh thank you so much. I'm also excited to just like relax a little bit. Also working on other things too obviously but to like not have the daily grind is kind of nice. Mm-hmm. But we'll see. There's always like problems. If I had my way I would turn get checked into a startup like right away. <laughs> <Caitlin's face. laughs> Ah, uh, <laughs> see, I would have to lean heavily on Shanika for that. <laughs> okay. I did also want to mention, Caitlin, if you're looking for something to watch. So I finished All of Too Hot to Handle, which was good for like brain dead, nothing, you know, just, and also this season, the people are just so horrible. Like they just, spent, it, like the, I haven't seen the new season. Yeah. They just were, did not give a shit about each other and just okay. kept like breaking rules. Yep. But what was even better is Cheer on Netflix. They're back for a second season. Okay. And I don't know. Did you watch the first one? No. What? I know. I like, I don't know. I just, I tried watching the first episode and I just couldn't get into it. I'm like, maybe another time. And this just never happened. Okay. Well, this is now another time <laughs> to try. You have like 20 episodes or something to get through now. Um, but anyways, they came back for a second season. There's like a new competitor that they cover a little bit more I also think how there was a lot of scandal tied to cheer did you ever Mm -hmm. I I I did I did see all the news articles yeah so I found that they handled what happened um with one of the players he did something really really horrible with minors and it's just like really grotesque things but they handled it really well they did an entire episode just dedicated to the kids the actual victims um so I think they did a good job in putting a face to everything so I was really curious to see how they handled that and I think did a really good job so if you're anyone's interested those are my two little recommendations of things that kind of like waste your time um but <laughs> are fun you know just don't have to worry I don't to be honest Jenica, I have not watched one tv episode since being here for like a month are you serious what are you doing all day like just honestly on the computer doing I feel really bad if I'm not doing papers like readings or homework um but I'm reading a lot um and then just kind of wandering like aimlessly around Amazon a lot that's fine but um yeah the tea like the speaker on my tv you guys doesn't work so I'm (laughs) kind of like could get it fixed but that's effort and then it's like I don't want to go through the effort of like hooking stuff up to like external speakers. So I'm just not watching TV. But like you could watch it on your laptop. You could watch Netflix on your it's phone. Not the same, it's not the same experience as on the TV, Shani. Okay, this is really interesting. She's giving me like a very like film kid take right now, but I'm like fully like watch everything on a laptop. Like I don't care. <laughs> and you're like, no, I need to watch the TV. Yeah, okay. I want to like sit down on the couch and like there there's the show and also by the way my cats keep they're so bad they keep peeing on one of the couches like I don't know what Uh has gotten into them or like why they started to pee on a couch because that's never happened before yeah so we're actually going to get like a cleaner 
to come in whatever she does to the couch. So hopefully they stop. And then I will sit on that couch again. Why are they doing that? Naughty kitties. No idea. I'm like, and it's always Clover. Clover. It, it reeks, right? Like cat pee is you. Yeah. So. Oh no, that's not good. I'll try and get a fix for Shanika to come out to Vancouver in July. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, please. Maybe, um, I don't know, maybe Clover will be like, well, my aunt's back. Things are normal and we'll feel happy again. Right, she'll feel loved again. Yeah. I don't know what's up with her, but maybe it's just like, they're almost a year old. They probably have one more month before Holy they're a year shit. old. So I know. So maybe it's just time. something's happening this month for her, but <laughs> I also had like one question for our listeners that isn't tied to, um, and maybe Caitlin, you have some answers here because I don't have any that isn't tied to anything that we do (laughs) but I am trying to hit my protein macros. I know I sound like a gym girly, but yes, I'm trying to be a gym girly. Like I'm just trying to grow my muscles and that's just where I'm at right now. And I am struggling because I love eating food. Okay. Mm -hmm. If you want me to eat something, I can do it. I don't. Okay. I need to make it clear. I don't track anything else. Like I don't track carbs. I don't track anything. The only thing I try to like keep in the back of my mind is like grams of protein per what I'm eating. That's all. I don't, the other stuff is just a little too sketchy Mm -hmm. for me. Makes me a little nervous. Um, but I cannot, like, I just don't understand how you can hit your macros. If you're trying to eat like 130 grams of protein a day without having a protein shake and protein shakes taste gross. Okay. I don't care what anyone says. I think they taste gross. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, I can um I can recommend you some good protein like <laughs> shake stuff because <laughs> that is going to be the best way. <laughs> or just like eat a full chicken. People just like boil chicken and eat a whole breast. That sounds so disgusting. But that's why like and that's- like people don't do that all the time, right? Like that's why you see people cutting and bulking. Like when they cut, they'll be eating that in broccoli, right? Which is so depressing. But it doesn't have to last forever because you want to do the bulking on the other half and just eat as much as everything <laughs> possible. But so what protein powder do you have? Because- so I use I use the one from Costco and it's like it's the plant based one and it's vanilla flavor. And honestly, I can just put it with water and I'm happy with that. You need to send me a photo because I've had like the pantry is like a grave of forgotten protein powders. Um, my lovely friend, Mary, Mary, I love you so much, but she recommended this like birthday cake one, which she's been able to like bake into things. And I'm like, good for oh, you. I cannot yeah. drink it. Like it is just, it's so sweet. makes me want to like throw up. Um, and then I have this other one from Vega, which Canadian company. So it was like, Oh, I'm going to support mm-hmm. The dude, and I actually was on like in a session with the guy and he's like super great. So I was like, oh, this is so great. I got, I fucked up. I got the French vanilla flavor and it's like not good. It's not good. I'm having a hard time like blending it with anything either for smoothies. Cause that French vanilla-ness just like doesn't work that well. Interesting. I have ordered though the, and I've liked it so far, the Alani new, um, they have a fit shake thing. And they're like one that tastes like cookies and cream and it's actually not bad. Um, yeah. So if I'm just looking for alternatives, so just send me a photo of your protein. Oh, well. I and on. also like you can buy those protein bars um, from Costco and you can oh. buy um, like I eat Lara bars. They're not the best in protein though, but I just like them more, but you can buy those. Like, I like them too. 
I don't know. They're like bottles this tall. Now, you may have to take like lactose pills with them. <laughs> That's the issue too. Because we could have better tasting protein if we won't, both weren't lactose intolerant. You know, no, I mean? we can't We can't do the whey shit. <laughs> no, I would be. So, but like you can buy the, I don't know what they're called, pure protein or something. And you can buy them and they're almost a milk consistency, which is why I think you would have to take a pill. But those are huge in protein and they're very tasty actually. Oh my God. These you can buy them by like the flat. <laughs> <laughs> oh Lord. Anyways, yeah. this is my, um, I'm interested to know what people suggest to you though. Yeah. I want to know people tell me, um, in terms of dietary restrictions, I just can't have dairy, but everything else I pretty much eat. So just tell me what I should do. <laughs> okay. Um, okay. We are going to get into headlines and actually the story of Sergio Perez in this episode, you guys, um, yeah, I'm to go through a quick ad break though. Um, so do you have cold dress or flickering lights and where's that lead coming from? If you've ever wondered what's really going on in your home, Rumi's Ask a Home Inspector service can help. Connect with a certified professional home inspector by phone or video call and get your questions answered. Rumi will let you know it's easily fixable with a little DIY or when you might need to call in some professional help. So visit rumi.ca, that's R-U-M-I.ca and book your Ask a Home Inspector appointment today. Bam. All right. Cool. So talking about the headlines from this week, there are quite a few. So bear with us, please. Uh, <laughs> anyways, so the first one I came across was from Express. And I did have some questions because I will be the first to say I do not know anything about UK media. So it's hard to tell like what is actual news versus like what's a tabloid. Um, mm. So I'm sorry if Express is like a tabloid in the UK. We know that a third of you are listening from there. So I'm sorry if this is not a legitimate news source. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> um, but it basically talks about just the continued Lewis re- retirement rumors. But this article was interesting because there was a direct quote from Christian Horner. So he said, and I'm quoting the article who quoted him. He doesn't want Lewis to retire, but at the end of the day, he needs to, he meaning Lewis needs to make the right choice for himself. I thought that was like kind of nice. Um, he also said in the article that like Lewis last year, both him and Max were driving in the league of their own. Like it would be a lot, it would be a loss to have him not be there, but you know, mm-hmm. he's got to do what he needs. Um, yeah. This is the only reason I mentioned it. It's just because there's a quote from Christian, but other than that, like we still haven't heard anything. Um, I saw um, like one article today was like, oh, Lewis was seen around Los Angeles taking pictures with fans today. They're like, oh, his first time out. I'm like, I don't think it's his first time out. But like first time I've actually seen him come up in like recent news. So I don't know. He's still just taking time to himself, I guess. Yeah. And as he should, honestly, because Mm -hmm. I think we're all kind of probably just formula one out so that's not a bad thing <laughs> the next headline is tied to formula e which started its season at the oh Duria. i think so it's in saudi arabia yeah yep e pre cute um they have two races on their e- opening weekend so the nick Duries, um toto wolf's like next protege do we call him that can we call him? I, I don't i i don't know right like <laughs> He, I, in my opinion, he's good enough to be in Formula One, and the fact that he's not there is kind of like you guys. It's kind of like not enough teams, not enough money. Like we know. Yeah. <laughs> so he came in first at the first race, and then Eduardo Mortera took the W for the second race. 
Um, also, that's important to note that this race, uh, there was that accident that happened that seemed to be like pretty spicy. I saw on Twitter, people were like, apparently there was a safety car, just things were taking a long time. People weren't very happy with the safety car. Anyways, congrats to the winners. As you all know, Giovinazzi has moved to Formula E. And Caitlin made <laughs> the lovely point. She's the brilliant mind that took all the, the notes today. Um, that he came right at the bottom, uh, which is kind of unfortunate. So for race one, he was at the very bottom of those who finished because there was two DNFs, which is likely was it the accident. I can't remember. And then at race two, he was one racer from the bottom, which sucks. Um, as we know, even in formula one geo was placing higher than this like i feel like mostly because it was like 13th 14th and not 19th 20th yeah it's not great but hey we'll give him time to get used to the car like everyone else always says uh for racefans.net um there's only two days of running in formula one in formula e sorry at valencia late last year prior to the opening race so again we'll give him some time and he said and i quote it was really difficult really hard (laughs) okay why do we think it's like that is it just because it's the way that the cards are set up are just different i think so and also it was um i definitely closed down the tab but he was saying like something about in formula one like at least we get feedback and like onboards or something and like apparently so that's different in formula e plus like the whole like you're having to charge your battery and stuff so like playing with that you have to get used to um and like they just have different stuffs going on in Formula E that I can understand why having only two times really in the car and like one time I think it's even in a simulator so I don't even think it was on the track so yeah he said it was a very steep learning curve and I'm like I hope I hope you can make it up that mountain soon <laughs> and understand it but and I guess Caitlin and I will find out in person because we will be going yeah. to Formula E in June, July. July second oh. to fourth. So Canada just after Canada Day. <laughs> there we go. Uh, the next headline is from ESPN, and it said the possibility of Michael Massey could be replaced as Formula One director. Um, again, I don't know. So I actually got the tip from one of my coworkers. <laughs> he sent we have a little group chat going with all the Formula One fans. And he like sent it and was like, what the hell's going on? I was like, I don't know. So <laughs> according to FIA's singer seater dri- director, I don't know what that means. I don't single, know. Sing- it should oh, be single seater director. Single. There we go. Yeah. That makes more sense. I'm Sorry. <laughs> no, I don't think that's you. That was me. Um, Peter Bayer said, and again, I'm quoting, Michael has done a great job in many ways. We definitely don't want to lose him. We told him that but also that there is a possibility that there will be a new race director. I can only make proposals to the world council and they will definitely include Michael. And like everything yeah. else tied to the FIA, I don't know what that means. So <laughs> it, it could mean that like, is he proposing that the roles change a little bit, some new roles, like we know the one of the team principals not being able to contact the director, like those mm-hmm. things, is it just breaking it up more so there isn't just so much pressure on him? Um, which is actually something that's noted here. I don't know. Um, or is it just him saying, yeah, like we'd like Michael working within this team, but maybe not being the race director. Like, I don't know what that looks like. So again, the FIA just not being clear 
And um, this actually isn't written down, but the FIA also this week announced um, basically tied to the investigation of Abu Dhabi. Like they basically said nothing. That's why I didn't want to say it, but I, I feel like we should. They didn't say anything. It was basically like, okay, yeah, we're going to release the findings later. And I'm like, great. <laughs> Thank you for nothing. <laughs> Anyways, I just think that they're a bad organization. I'll say it. Okay, I'll say it. I just, I think that they don't know what they're doing. And like, that happens in life. But like, they're under a spotlight right now. So it's just like, it's showing up. And it looks really bad that like, when you are the guiding regulators of something mm-hmm. and you don't know what to do and like you're not being that transparent or like honestly that fast like it feels like it still has to go through so much bureaucracy to make decisions in the FIA for like what happened here and it's just like that's that's also I think what's contributing to people losing faith in the FIA so like they're kind of biting themselves in the ass and bureaucracy is a big problem at a lot of organizations so not just the FIA but it always ends up being the issue even at like well-known companies um, it makes them slow and makes them not able to work quickly to fix problems. And in this case, work through an investigation that frankly, the entire world is looking at to try and <laughs> decipher what will the outcome be. So anyways, on another note, um, a lighter note, a more interesting note, our boy Kimmy, um, is back doing things. Of course okay. he is. Of course he is. <laughs> so he became the team principal of Kawasaki motocross squad following his retirement, um as you all know we all knew he wasn't going to leave racing forever as much as he he was like I'm glad I don't have to do this anymore I wonder if he meant like he was glad he doesn't have to deal with the press anymore just being up in his business um but now it's just changed so he will run the team alongside his long time motocross collaborator Finnish former driver oh god and T I would agree with that Pierre Honen yeah, Pierre Honan. There we go. <laughs> and he said, it's no secret that for me, one of my greatest passions in life for many years has been motocross, but this team is not what you might call a hobby. It's very serious, very focused, and we aspire to be the best we possibly can. Now that I've retired from racing, I will be able to spend more time on this project, not on the daily issues, but more from a strategic point of view, using my experience of how teams work and what creates success on the world stage. I'm astonished how Kimmy got that many words out. <laughs> hey, do you think I actually said it though? <laughs> I think fair, because I don't know if he actually said it. I There wasn't a clip tied to the, um, the article that I saw on Formula One's website. So it could have easily been like a press release that like his press person so put funny. out and like wrote, you know what I mean? Or the team, the Kawasaki team put out. And in that case, a lot of the time people, like I hate to break the facade, but a lot of the time it's just the PR person is writing the quote for the- um, And then gives it to the news people's. Yeah, and you might like, and depending how closely the PR person is to the person that they're quoting, they might not even show like Kimmy what they said and just hand it over in the press release to the journalist. So who knows? It does- Honestly, it it sounds like someone wrote a form. It does, like Kimmy would not be saying this. A lot of, I, the, but the one thing I can believe him saying is like maybe not a, like and he wouldn't even say you might not call a hobby it's very serious he'd be like well it's I'm spending more time on it yeah. <laughs> right like it, it would be I don't know he would just turn it around so it doesn't sound so 
formal. <laughs> yeah, 100%. I completely agree. Um, my next two sort of news topics, they aren't headlines per se, are tied to races and race locations. So Formula One is an advanced talks to hold a race in Las Vegas. Lord, why? First, okay, we'll just go through the stuff and then discuss it later. So apparently F1 execs have visited the area in recent months while communicating with the Nevada governor, Steve Sizzalak, Sizzalak, I don't know, and the Las Vegas Convention and Visitors Authority and whatever stakeholders are tied to it. Of course, as we know, Formula One has been increasing the amount of races. And in 2022, there will be 23 races on the calendar, which is like, okay. Um, and if this race were to go through, it would be the third race on American soil, obviously mm-hmm. being we have Austin, Texas, uh, Miami, which we know is coming in 2022 and potentially now Vegas. Like Vegas has had the street race before is a one-off, right? And I remember like on Reddit today, I was seeing some people were like, oh, what do you think the street, like the Las Vegas street track could look like if you want to include the strip? And they're like, yeah, but this isn't a very good track. Like this isn't great. So I'm like, um, interested to see how that would work. Cause like, honestly, that would be pretty spectacular if you're on the strip and you get to see F1, like. And if it's a street race, I am like definitely into that but also nevada has so much land where they probably could just put like a purpose-built track in but it wouldn't be as fun in my opinion so so i completely agree actually uh the the in las vegas they do have a speedway the only reason i know this is because i went to edc which was hella nice nice fair yeah but it's like also the thing is with that one it's in the middle of nowhere so then you have to like figure out transportation and for something as large as formula one um they can coordinate EDC, so I'm sure it wouldn't be hard to figure out, but I agree. I think a street race would be cool, but I'm also like, how many races do these people want to put on? Well, I think Drive to Survive has made a lot of places put applications in, you know, like everyone wants to get on to the F1 train, seeing how popular it's becoming, but it's like, these guys are already exhausted with however many races they have right now. So what is FIA going to do? Like, do they have to start rotating races, which could be interesting for fans. Yeah, um, maybe it could be interesting for the drivers. It would be harder for the drivers, I think. But that's actually a very good point. I don't even think about that. They just need to come up with a schedule that makes sense, and that may mean that these countries sign contracts with you, or cities sign contracts with you, but they're on the contract states that they're like every other year or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, because also, people may not know this, but uh, in around here in Alberta, we actually do have a track that is in phase whatever being built. Oh yeah. <laughs> built for Formula One. So it could actually have like Formula One racing. That's wild. If they wanted to host it there, which is absolutely insane. It's actually not too far from the city. So it's like super anyways. Calgary hasn't thrown its hat in, but we actually have infrastructure that can make it happen here, which is interesting. So weird. Uh, the next headline tied to racing is that Singapore got a seven-year contract extension. I feel like this throws everything we just said about yeah. alternating years or like switching things up into mayhem. Um, <laughs> so the re- the race will be held in Singapore, uh, the night race, obviously, um, until 2028 for right now. Who knows? They might extend it longer. Um, but the race was canceled the past few years because of COVID and it will be on the calendar for October 2nd, 2022. So I don't know. I like night races. They look cool. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But again, doesn't it usually mean like better time for us? 
Yeah. Everything that's in Asia Usually. is like typically yeah. a better time for us. Yeah. Middle East gets a little hairy. And then the more we come over, the more it's like, oh, dear God. Um, and the last headline is tied to our boy, Danny Rick. Okay. Danny was appointed a member of the Order of Australia for significant service to motorsport as a competitor, ambassador, and to the community. Oh, so he kind of got knighted. Is this like their version of being knighted? Yeah. 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 That's so exciting. It's cute. It's cute. Congrats to him. Yeah. Because like, I, um, there's a few other people I think that got it this year, but um, yeah, it's like for our equivalency, like we have the Order of Canada. Yeah. Um, what do we that so, gotta do to get that? Right. I'd love Just, to get that. But we do contribution that. to motorsport. We'll make it <laughs> net zero. <laughs> We will be the ones instead of Jacques Villeneuve. Like we will get it over. Obviously. <laughs> oh my god, I love that. <laughs> so, yeah, no, it's it. That's a big, big honor. So, congrats to Danny Rick on that one. Yeah, I want to know who he. I'm sorry, this is getting gossipy, but just because we know he has like a secret girlfriend, and you know we're not owed anything out of any of these people's lives. Okay, we are not. But like, was his girlfriend there? I don't know. I want to know. <laughs> Who knows? We'll never know. We'll I never know. Hope his mom also came. I don't right. Know. I don't know how the ceremony went, but. Yeah, <laughs> it's good to see. Uh, anyways, for the rest of the podcast, we're going to talk about one of many Aquariuses, apparently. Okay. Yeah, so I'm going <laughs> to start this section off with an apology. <laughs> because I don't know where I got my information from or I don't know why it was in my head that we only have one Aquarius on the yeah. on the grid because we don't we don't even have two we have three <laughs> so <laughs> I don't know and I'm like going back through our notes and like Shanika and I made like a pinwheel of like who's in each Aquarius yeah. uh, who's in each horoscope I mean and like yeah we definitely always had these three <laughs> in the part of the pie graph <laughs> like I don't know why I thought it was just George right it's just like I was so focused but maybe it's gonna turn out for the best because like each of these three racers so George Sergio and his Pierre Gasly is the other Aquarius like they're each gonna we're gonna give um Pierre some time in next episode so each one of them like they have substantial stuff we can talk about in these episodes which is nice instead of like Danica and I were looking at if we could fit both Pierre and Sergio into this episode and there was a lot of information so (laughs) yeah I was uh I was typing up notes on Pierre and I was like oh I'm gonna give myself an hour like you know just type what you can in an hour but then I was like this guy's career's like there's some really interesting like pockets of stuff and before I knew it I was like nope this is too long so stay tuned for that one that so he's and his birthday is Feb 7th I think I saw it so literally we're going to be recording like on his birthday which I think is good so Sergio's birthday um was January 26th so hence why we're doing that right now I literally like we did the episode and then people were like (laughs) posting happy birthday Sergio stuff and I was like oh shit (laughs) I know I saw that on Twitter and I was like it's not his birthday, is it? And I was like, oh shit, it's his birthday. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Maybe did not get that right. I but don't know. you know what? Whoops. We'll just we'll double check next time before <laughs> the season starts. Anyways, okay, you guys. Time for some Sergio Perez. Um, and I just hope I do Nicole Proud. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking about that. I was like, if we had planned a little bit better, we could have been and she could have 
spoken to her like how much she loves about it. she just loves him so much biggest check okay he has yeah he has a very interesting um career so he is a 1990 baby so he just turned 32 are we part um, of the same generation as him then yep yeah yep, we're millennials he's a millennial it's that's millennial 1990s millennial i know it's that old but it's not <laughs> It just feels like he's so much older than us. And I don't know it why. Kinda, I know. It kind of looks like he would be like mid thirties, but he's not. All right. Sunscreen. Anyways, yeah. So <laughs> he was born in Guadalajara, Mexico. Oh, beautiful. Um, actually, before I get into his career, I found some fun facts um, for redbull.com. They're like 11 things you want to know about our nearest, like our newest Red Bull. And I'm like, okay, yeah, let's find them up. So <laughs> Shanika, you're getting into golf. He is a keen golfer. Love it. Yeah, you can, you can, next time you, well, when you do finally get to talk to him, just bring that up and you two can have a great conversation. Talk about golf and how horrible I am at it. It'll be fun. Or maybe just like go on a course, like him, Lando, Carlos, you'd have a great time. They're like, true. If I can have fun, like, I think it's fine. You know, if they're expecting like me to be good, we got problems. We got problems. (laughs) We got a few years. Okay. It's fine. (laughs) So Checo wrote off his first road car. So I guess like it was passed down from his two older siblings to him and then he crashed it. So oh, they had to write off his first oh. road car. Yikes. Whoops. Um, Checo checks the stock market daily. He said like he checks every morning, like um, CNN business or something to see how stocks are doing. Um, so another thing you can talk to him about. <laughs> um, I've actually heard this story before, but they said like he left his wallet in Christian's office and it was actually after being invited around to Christian Horner's house for dinner. I think after he was um, kind of invited to join the Red Bull fam, he left his wallet behind and it became a story and a funny thing and they laugh a bit now. <laughs> Just don't leave your wallet in your boss's office. I think that's a pretty solid life, like, like, life yeah. lesson to learn from that. Um, he said Madrid feels like his home away from home. Um, when he does retire, he said he wants to spend some time in Guadalajara, but I feel like Madrid's probably like his home base. Well, someplace like he could spend a lot of time too when he's retired. Um, Checos could have had a very different career if he was not an F1. He said he'd be a banker or a lawyer. I'm having a hard time speaking today and I don't know why, but we'll get over yeah, that. Whatever. I, I think it's just interesting that he picked a lawyer and banker like out of everything in the world. It's very normal. Very normal it thing. It is. It's kind of refreshing. No one wants to do normal stuff. Right. But we do need normal stuff in the world. So um, right. So in terms of soccer or as like everywhere else in the world calls it football, um, LA Galaxy is Checo's other team. So this is due to um, the Mexican footballer um, Checarito. So Javier Hernandez is actually Checo's good friend um, and he plays for LA. So hence why Checo cheers for LA. So um, I guess the story behind their friendship is Checarito is also from, am I pronouncing that right? Yeah, Chich- I think Chicharito. You- it's Checharito. Chicharito? Chicharito, I think so. It's from Guadalajara too. So um, he said, so we have friends in common when um, Checo had to move to Europe, um, to Manchester, no, when Chicharito moved to Europe, to Manchester United, it was the same time that Checo started in Formula One. Um, So it was very nice as we started our careers together, like at the premier levels, pretty much. That's really sweet. Yeah, so it was cute. 
Uh, Checo does have his own charity. It's called the Checo Perez Foundation. So started that in 2012, and it is to help strengthen vulnerable groups, specifically children. Um, one of the interesting facts was he didn't have a role model growing up, and I'm like, what? <laughs> and it's in regards to like racing idols because I'm like we saw how close he was to his dad dad it's sure so awkward. <laughs> I know I'm pretty sure you would say like your dad's your role model so yeah. it's in regards to like who a racing idol would have okay. been <laughs> it's quite odd, regardless um they also commented that Checo travels light I guess he's a very minimalistic traveler and when he goes to the track and stuff so I'm like okay cool it's good to be minimalistic sometimes <laughs> I love okay, we just point this out. This isn't a list that we made up. It's a list that Red no. Bull, like official Red Bull. Yeah, it's like it's like um published on their website. It's very interesting. Um so and then also Checo, his footballing hero inspired him to race his number 11. So quote unquote, when I started in karting, there was a football player that was playing for Club America, the team I like. It was Ivan Zamorano Zamorano. He is my idol and was wearing number 11. So it's very easy for me to choose that. So again, he has idols, <laughs> just not a racing idol. <laughs> oh, yeah, so those are some 11 fun facts about Chekham. So we're going to get into his career. Um, he started karting when he was six years old. So that seems like a very common age. Um, so he that's, that was in 1996. Mm-hmm. So, and he karted until 2003. So like 13 years old. Um, so in 20, 2004, he went to the United States-based Skip Barber National Championship. He was sponsored by Mexican telecommunications company Telmex, um, and he finished 11th in that championship. Um, 2005 is when he moved to Europe. Um, he was in the German Formula BMW ADAC series, um, wherein he raced for two seasons. He finished 11th in the first year, 6th in the next year. So kind of like not starting it like when I was writing this down I'm like he's not like the George Russell that finished first <laughs> like yeah. everything right yeah um totally so and kind of like what I found out is like Checo's career kind of like it takes a lot more bends and stuff and like creative ways to get where he is now that's um, good though right it, yeah it's very interesting yeah. um so that was 2005-2006 with that BMW ADAC series from 2006 to 2007, um, it was the A1 Grand Prix season. He raced a single round of that championship for A1 Team Mexico. So how that works is it's like 24 teams of each of each different nationality. Um, so there were 62 drivers in total, and he was the third youngest driver to take part in that series. Jesus. So he's a little bit, well, think of it. He was like 16, 17. Yeah, he was a baby. Yeah, so quite impressive. Um, he switched to what was the British Formula 3 championship in 2007. So I was trying to understand, like, okay, what's the difference between British Formula 3 and, like, FIA Formula 3? Well, the whole thing was, like, this British Formula 3 championship was before the revival of the European F3 championship. Oh. Um, and that's backed back by the FIA, and that revival happened in 2012. Um, and then so the European F3 championship merged with GP3 back in 2019 to form the current FIA F3 championship so kind of it's good to consolidate but this is also very confusing (laughs) I know I guess I I think I read that like one of the winners of 
the championship like was actually Danny Ricardo um in one of the years for this British championship so right um and in 2007 um with this British formula championship I guess there was two like sub leagues or whatever categories 2007 he was in what was called the national class um so in that class they used an older chassis chassis on the car um and he actually won the championship that year um, but in 2008, um, second year with the British Formula 3, he was upgraded to the Premier International class, wherein he finished fourth, um, but he was leading in first um, early in the season, just kind of fell later on. So after that, um, he was on the Campos Grand Prix team um, in the 2008 to 2009 GP2 Asia Series. He partnered with Russian driver Vitaly Petrov. Um, he was the first Mexican driver to compete at this level of motorsport since Giovanni Aoli took part in International Formula 3000 back in 1990. And fun fact is he won his first GP2 Asia Series race at Shakir. And we know, like, it, it just must have a special place in his heart because that's where he won his first F1 race as well. Yeah, huge. Um, I have to, I forgot to preface all this information is from Wikipedia, you guys. Yeah. God bless Wikipedia. For doing, um, doing the work. <laughs> just, just, yeah, had to get that in. Um, so he moved to Arden International for the main 2009 GP2 series. And he was alongside fellow Formula 3 graduate, Eduardo Mortara. So that's a nice little tie in to the headline above with Formula E. Eduardo won literally race two. Formula E in Saudi Arabia yesterday. So cute little time there. Um, Checo came in 12 <laughs> for that series that year. It happens. <laughs> right. Um, and the off season, uh, he did two rounds of the 2009 to 2010 GP2 Asia series for Barwa Addicts. Um, so in that series, there was only four races. So two at Yas Marina and two in Shakir. He came in 15th out of 34 people, kind of mediocre, kind of. Yeah, not great. Not, not the best. Um, 2010, he was with GP2 with Barwa Addicts as well. Um, he won five races. He finished second in the standings behind Pastor Maldonado. Yep. And he also became, catch this, he became a member of the Ferrari Driver Academy in October 2010. Okay. So check out with, with the Ferrari family for a little bit. So he then, um, from GP2, he entered Formula One in 2011. Um, he was with Sauber and he replaced Nick Heidfeld. Um, and he is the fifth Mexican to complete in Formula One. Uh, right? Yeah. So Prez finished seventh in his first race. It was the Australian Grand Prix. Um, he impressed people. He literally, like, I wrote this down because it's like, he impressed people by stopping to change tires only once, where everyone else did a two stop strategy. And I'm like, wow, he has not changed. <laughs> oh my gosh, he's been going long since 2011. <laughs> he, showed, he, he showed it literally in his first he race. He can manage yeah. his tires. So, <laughs> yeah, he got it. His first F1 points um, in his first year, he got it at the Spanish GP. He came in ninth. Um, and then he had a heavy incident in Monaco um, uh -oh. qualifying. So he suffered a sprained thigh and a concussion, didn't take part in the race, um, and actually opted out of the following Canadian GP as well for not feeling well. So I didn't know you could sprain your thigh. But I guess it's muscle. I don't know. Yeah. And if he hit the car, like who the hell knows what happens there? So, geez, not great. I don't know what that would feel like either. I feel like it would not be fun. No. 
So, yeah. Anyway, so in his first year in F1, he finished 16th in the Jars Championship. He had 14 points. Not bad. Yeah. Um, and then on September 13th, Perez tested for Ferrari as part of the Ferrari Driver Academy um, in a Ferrari F60, so their car from the 2009 season. Perez conducted the test with fellow Academy member Jules Bianchi. And is that, and Jules is Charles's godfather? godfather. Yeah. Oh, wow. Look at all these connections, y'all. I know. Right? <laughs> I think Jules was a 1990 baby, too. Oh, wow. Oh, that makes I me think. Um, I'm literally looking up. He's a 1989 baby. Um, so moving to the 2012 season, it started off well for Checo. At the odd CGP, he fought Alonso for the win, actually. So, like, um, he couldn't close the gap, ended up P2, but, like, th- that was the best independent result for Sauber. Plus, it's, like, literally his second year in F1, and he's fighting for a win. Yeah, huge. Like- so I feel like, are, are we going to see something like that from, like, Yuki? Um, oh. or so, I don't think we will. So it's, like, is that the caliber it takes almost to, like, stay in F1 after a mediocre rookie season? I, I don't think so, because, like, well, George Russell obviously did it, but everyone knew that he was in the worst car. Yeah. And, like, I don't know, right? It's weird. I hope Yuki's a lot a bit more time, but I also here we have. I'm hmm? curious to, oh, you haven't noted here, but we got to do a deep dive at some point on Sauber. Like, what happened to this Formula One team? How did it exist and then kind of like disappear a little bit and then yeah. exist sort of again That'd like a good story the story of Sabre. yeah anyways sorry continue. <laughs> yeah. um so okay so we're still in 2012 so um the canadian gp that year he had a phenomenal race he started 15th ended up third and then back of the, the back. Itali- the front. Yeah. and then at the italian gp that year um prez started um the race on hard tires and changed to medium unlike like everyone else so it was noted like his Car like Perez and his car's outstanding tire management got him onto the points and ultimately to a podium finish. Um, and people definitely noted that. And I'm just like, of course, it's with the tire management, like it just ties in so well to what we know about Checo. Exactly. Um, yeah. And in 2012, he finished 10th in the driver's championship. Um, so moving on to 2013, he actually moved to McLaren. Um, he was confirmed as Hamilton's replacement at McLaren. Um, and that ended. Perez's association with Ferrari as he was released from his driver academy. Um, Jensen Button was his bud, was his bud, <laughs> was his partner at McLaren. Um, and he was not impressed with Perez. So he said of Perez's driving style after one of the races, like, I've had some tough fights in F1, but not quite as dirty as that. Yikes. I know, like, I know we mentioned Kimmy earlier, but even Kimmy said that Perez should be punched in the face for like, oh, something God. he did. Um, so Checo only had one season with McLaren team. He was replaced by Kevin Magnussen for the following year. And Checo went to, in 2014, Force India. So just a question he, on the Ferrari front. He never then drove for Ferrari, hey? No, no. That's so shit. Like, could you imagine going through the Driver Academy for a team and then just not? Well, he was only there for three years, right? But then, so like, I wonder... years and just not driving for them? That sucks. Good God. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. I don't know. And I think, like, 
I, I didn't, I can only kind of assume, like, if you go to McLaren, it's like a competitor. So that's why he was probably dropping Ferrari. Yeah. Like, you have to be released at that point, right? Yeah. So it's a very interesting. Or maybe back then they just didn't have the power to do what they did with Alex Albon, right? Because Christian Horner still has, like. Him in his, like, pocket. Yeah. That they have, like, options, basically, at the end of 2023 to bring on Alex Albon. Yeah. Maybe. So, he drives for Williams. I don't know, but maybe that's like a newer thing that's been tied up into contracts. Who knows? Maybe. So yeah, I don't know if there was drama associated with it or not, but yeah, he was just he was um, released from his driver academy, is all I found. Um, but okay, going to Force India. So he partners with Nico Hulkenberg, mm-hmm. um, and at the Baron Grand Prix, he was able to score Force India's first podium since 2009. Um, the Austrian GP that year in 2014, press set his third fastest lap of his career whilst also giving Force India their third fastest lap in their history. So he's like kind of showing up, right? Yeah. Um, he's with them for 2015. He finishes the championship in ninth. Um, so that's his highest championship position today. He got 78 points and he's there for 2016 too. Didn't know anything spectacular. 2017, um, Nico left and his new teammate was Esteban Ocoin. Um, and 2017, I think, was the year those pink cars came in. <laughs> Shanika made a TikTok about those pink cars. I love the pink cars, the Pepto Bismol yeah. pink cars. And now that they're no longer a sponsor, it's like, we'll never see them again. The era of the pink car, it'll never come back. Depressing. You I know think. what? It might. It might. There's other pink brands out there. Pepto Bismol, like literally Pepto Bismol. It's not, it should, I, I, they may, they may not be as pink, but <laughs> whatever. Um, so Checo came in seventh in the championship in 2017. Um, 2018, um, it was kind of drama around Force India. So after the Hungary GP, Force India put into administration. It was caused by a group of creditors that included Prez taking legal action against the team. And then shortly before, hmm? I really want to do an episode on Force India because the person that ran it is like quite the character. Like there's a lot of stuff that happened in this time period. Yeah, team. like and there's a lot more drama than what I'm just quickly running through. But. Yeah, there's a ton. Um, shortly before the Belgian Grand Prix that year, Force India's assets were purchased by a consortium of investors led by none other than Lawrence Stroll. Um, yeah. And the team was readmitted into the championship as a new team called Racing Point Force India. Um, and we're allowed to race in the Belgian Grand Prix, keeping Prez and Ocoin as their drivers. So Prez came eighth in the championship that year, maybe 62 points, finished ahead of Esteban and being the only non-Mercedes Ferrari or Red Bull to finish on the podium that season. Jesus. Right? Um, 2019, the team is racing point. Um, he's joined at the team by former Williams driver, Lance Stroll. Um, <laughs> surprise, his father owns the team. Um, <laughs> and Prez finished the season in 10th place with 52 points. Um, 2020 again with Racing Point, whom he was meant to continue racing with until the end of 2020. I hear um, he oh. tested positive. Yeah, right. I think that was the original contract and agreement or understanding. Even um, Presto tested positive for COVID before the British GP and subsequently the 70th, 70th anniversary GP at Silverstone. Um, so he didn't race in those. In September 2020, Pres announced that he would be leaving Racing Point at the end of 2020 um, as he would be replaced by Sebastian Vettel. Mm-hmm. So there was a lot of support from the media for Prez with um, the race saying that it would be a huge injustice for Prez not to be on the 2021 grid. And Martin Brundle suggested that Prez should be on the Red Bull Racing's 
should be on Red Bull Racing's radar to partner Max in place of Alex Albon. Mm -hmm. And we know what happened, but it's just interesting (laughs) um, looking back on that. Prez then, because that happened in September, it was announced he'd be leaving Racing Point. Um, So December 2020 at the Shakir Grand Prix, Prez won his first race, becoming Formula One's 110th race winner. He's the first Mexican to win a Formula One race for over 50 years. Took 190 races to get his first W. Um, and he was at, like he was actually considering retiring before he gets into 2021 with the Red Bull fam. Um, so Red Bull this year has said that Prez has helped provide the quote unquote best team spirit they have ever had. Um, and like we know that Prez and Max, they worked well together. Um, some memorable moments from Checo last year, like I put number one is the Mexico GP because oh, 100%. phenomenal for Checo. Um, first Mexican to podium in this home race. Like, and just we all remember what his dad was like, Papa Perez, and like his son watching him so on happy. the podium. <laughs> oh, oh, so cute. And also at the Abu Dhabi GP, like he held off Lewis so well, right? And he was literally given the nickname the Mexican Minister of Defense. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then he got his win in Baku, of course, like what a race Baku, weird as shit, but um, <laughs> Chris did win it. And he was on a handful of like double podiums throughout the year. So um, I think like it was a very successful year for him. He was only number 11 on the F1 driver rankings after 2020, 2021 season. And I was like, I fucking put him as four. <laughs> I thought he did so good. Max would not have had maybe as much success. As he did have, if it was not for Checo. Was he seriously 11? <laughs> yeah. And they, because we, and we brought up before that, like, F1 put Lando as number three. And we're both like, why is Lando three? Like, it just seems like a very skewed ranking. But whatever, Checo is with Red Bull for the 2022 season, not announced mm. if we don't go past that. Um, he does have a quote that says, like, I am here because I fully believe I can be a world champion. Like, and he's, people are like, is he going to bring it to Lewis and Max? Can he bring it to Lewis and Max? I don't know. Kind of feels like they're in a league of their own, but like, I want to see someone try. Um, yeah. And yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I think that the issue is that we know that the Red Bull is built for Max and Checo did pick it up faster than Pierre Gasly, which I'm so excited for the next episode on Pierre Gasly because I have done a deep dive. I actually, I have some hot takes there. Anyways, pay attention for next week. Um, but I just don't know if he can win, but I think you also need to believe that you can. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. 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 Like you, you need have to have the, the self-belief because honestly, no one else is going to believe you can if you don't. I always say it's like, you need to have the audacity to believe in yourself because like you well, said, and we know men have the fucking audacity. So. <laughs> But I, I mean, anything's possible, but I just think with also these, I don't know, with these young kids too coming up now and the cars being a bit more of a level playing field, like, and also post 2023, like, what does this even look like becomes a very big question, right? Where does he go? If we were to run through some hypotheticals here, he either stays at Red Bull, Mm -hmm. um, maybe another one is he doesn't stay at Red Bull, but then where does he go? Mm Mm-hmm. Where would he go? I don't know. Uh, well, okay. Do they keep Lance Stroll on at Aston Martin? Because he's not been doing good. So if you get rid of Lance Stroll, you could bring Checo back. Checo and Sebastian would be fun. Do you think his dad would ever get rid of him? Not a chance. No, not a chance no. of happening. That's not going to happen. Um, but I think it could work. 
we'll talk about it more next week, but like Pierre, like where does if Pierre he leaves in. Yeah. Alpha Tori and goes to Red Bull, then there's a seat open at Alpha Tori, but do you want to go to a junior team that's like more of a development team than it is like I don't know. Especially if especially after you just come out to say I'm here to be world champion. Yeah. And to go into the slower car. Yeah. Is that even like where do you go? I don't know where you go. Does he take after Lewis? Like, does he take Lewis's spot in Mercedes? Is, honestly, I'm sorry. I don't think Checo has the loyalty to any of the like no auto families. He'll go where there's a spot. <laughs> yeah, and I think he should because if he wants to just keep racing for the sake of racing, then you go where there's a spot. But I think in my brain, I think that when we talk about people ending their careers, which I know sounds more bubble, sorry, but I do think Sebastian Vettel will end his career whenever he chooses to retire at Aston Martin. Like I do think they'll keep him longer term. Lewis will end his career at Mercedes. Valtteri will end his career at Alfa Romeo. Will he? he? I think he will. Or will he go to Williams? But then you're right. There's also Williams, I suppose. But do you think Checo would go to Williams if, no. if he opened up? Because I also don't think what's his face, like the one that we never talk about, Nicholas yeah. Latifi. I don't think Nicholas Latifi has that much time in Formula One. Like, oh, I think God, he'll get yeah. the boot over Lance Stroll. Probably, probably. Yeah. I, I, I think, though, like being on the top tier team, like Red Bull, anything except this or Mercedes or Ferrari or McLaren is he can't go back to McLaren because apparently he didn't do very well and like Ferrari did he did he burn a bridge there so is it really just Red Bull and Mercedes are his only options I don't know I don't know and also like Danny Rick is on a multi-year contract but like if he doesn't bring it this year then maybe the seat is open for 2023 yeah but McLaren like we know he didn't have a great time at McLaren I have a new management like who knows it could be like something different I don't know uh, yeah. play sec- he would play second fiddle to Lando. Yeah, you would have to be that sporting driver, which I think is fine if you go in knowing that. But I think with, I think if he just brings it next year, then the option to stay at Red Bull would extend by a year. But I think he would be just on yearly contracts because but that's so stressful. We saw what happened to Valtteri. A hundred percent. Like it's not the best, but I don't mm-hmm. know what would work. I think for him, I'm just. I'm just unsure of what that would look like for him if he was to, like, I just don't know where he'd go unless there's more teams that come in, but we know that's probably not till 2026 anyways. Yeah. So I don't know. Let's just hope that this coming season, he just brings it in the Red Bull and like really is competitive with Max himself. But that's also another Mm -hmm. thing. Like how can he be world champ when they're not going to let, can pass max and pass max like ever <laughs> yeah like that's not gonna happen unless unless there's something like christian horner is telling him one thing and then we see it on drive to survive where he's like yeah check go like i fully believe he can be world champion and then the next time you get christian horner in the room in the interview he's like he well he's not going to be world champion <laughs> i hope he gets more wins but yeah i forgot that dynamic of like red bull really does have a number one driver right like you yeah you're playing second second fiddle to max and maybe that conversation changes though if you're really really competitive like we saw with charles and carlos right like this last season it got to the point where they have to be like no the boys are just gonna have to race themselves and like figure it Mm -hmm. out amongst themselves because yes carlos was supposed to be obviously he didn't go in as a number two we all 
assumed, you know, made the the smart assumption he'd be number two, but then he held his own. So mm-hmm. maybe if Checo starts like qualifying higher and all that kind of stuff, the conversation shifts to like, just let them race and see what happens. Just let them race. Yeah, I guess it'd be very interesting. I'd be happy with that. Mm-hmm. I could get more behind Red Bull if Checo was fighting for a title too. just as much as Max was. Yeah. Yeah. And it would keep it interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. Well, thank you for the deep dive on Sergio Perez. You're welcome. Was there, I'm trying to remember, was there a situation this past season where George Russell and Checo were getting into like spouts? Because I remember like Sergio had something with Lando Norris on that one race and like they were just constantly bumping each other and like did that happen with George Russell I don't know because like, like I'm just trying to think of this like a little bit of beef. That, yeah like a foreshadow for what's to come <laughs> the or only George time. Russell thing that rings to mind is him hitting Valtteri Bottas over the head with his gloves and I was like this is so uncalled for and then the second thing tied to George is George after Lewis lost like tweeting all caps oh. like <laughs> I was just like, yeah, dude, you freaking say it. You tell him how you feel. Like George is loyal. Yeah. I will give him that. He's very loyal to the family. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll see. But that's all we have this week, folks. Come back yep. next week for, like I said, a deep dive on Pierre Gasly and his career. Definitely some opinions have formed with me doing some more research. Is it good? Is it bad? Because you love Pierre, man. I know. And let's like, let's dive into that a little bit. Why? <gasps> I don't know. I don't know why I like him. But he's also an Aquarius, which is like typically not my, like, not, a, it's not a thing. If you yeah, look, like you've yeah. never liked an Aquarius before. Never. So I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's the accent. I don't know if it's the fact that he's like runs, you know, as the president of Team Lewis Hamilton. Like he is the biggest Lewis Hamilton stand. Like, I don't know what it is, but um the episode won't be bad. It'll be like it'll hire it'll highlight some of the some of the great that he's done, but it also is going to be like just bring up some questions tied to like Red Bull and you know the way that they're structured. Um but also this conversation that we're having today right now about where can Sergio go? We're probably at the same one tied to Pierre because he's also in a tight spot. So stay tuned. We shall see. But yeah. We hope you guys liked that episode. Um, let us know what you think. Um, thoughts, comments, feel free to DM us, rate us, but nothing too bad, please. It will really <laughs> affect us. <laughs> Uh, yeah, you can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Get Checkered. And we have our, our our website is up and running with at Get Check. It's www.getcheckered.com. There's yeah. no need for WordPress or nothing anymore. Yeah, look at that. And you can go read. Actually, maybe I'll put this on Twitter. Nicole's hey, that's a good one. Yeah. Yeah, on, that'd be a good time. Um, Nicole, the Mexican wrote GP. A great blog post on the Mexican GP, but specifically why she loves Sergio Perez so much. So, there is like a really good story there. So you can go check that out on our website. And then I don't know what else you have to say. Okay. You can also review our podcast. Like Caitlin said, don't be mean, we'll die, but you can review us on Apple podcasts. And I know everyone is canceling their Spotify accounts right now, Why? but like go like our, give us five stars on Spotify as well. And then go cancel your subscription. Why, why is everyone canceling? 
Okay, because did you not see this? No. It's like an after the episode version. Like, um, basically, uh, Neil Young put out a like, it's me, Spotify, or Joe Rogan, because Joe Rogan keeps having guests on that are like anti vaxxers and there's no disclaimer and stuff like that. So he was like, I'm taking my entire discography off Spotify. And I was just like, damn, like he's doing the damn thing. Spotify did it. But, but Caitlin, they lost $4 billion in their share price after all this like crops come out with Joe Rogan. So they, oh shit. and then he's not, so he's not the only one with him doing that. Joni Mitchell, also from that era of artists, yeah. she's taking her albums off of Spotify. Um, who else? Brene Brown, we love, she's not releasing any more podcast episodes because it's on Spotify as the host and Spotify is paying her to do it. So she's not oh, doing wow. that anymore. Okay. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, I think it's like, you know, the U.S. has an interesting freedom of speech thing. And I think you can talk about that, but I think that, I don't know, people have the right to also not be on these platforms if they don't want to. So that's fine. And then I think Spotify could easily fix this if they just added this, a disclaimer. Yeah. That seems like a very easy fix. Doesn't yeah. Know. But they're not doing it. So Yeah um before you all and with it people are canceling their subscriptions because they're like why is spotify just like not doing this bare minimum thing and their share price dropped though significantly four billion with a b it's crazy um so please before you cancel your account go get those five stars on spotify you can review us now on spotify that's a new thing that they added i think in the last few weeks so yeah and that's kind of it folks we'll see you next week and in the meantime stay checkered friends bye everyone it has a nice ring to it bye (laughs)